This podcast is brought to you by the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Get Geeked. Brought to you by Geek Fest and Sin City Comics. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of your second favorite podcast. It is Get Geeked, brought to you by Sin City Comics and Geeked Fest. I am here with the lovely, the magnanimous, the talented, the fantastic, the beautiful, the wonderful. Oh, wait, that's a mirror. I'm here with Chris and Shane from Geek Fest. Good evening, boys. Uh, good evening. Uh, how's it going? How are things? How are we? How many weeks is it now? How many sleeps? What, three and a half. Maybe. Three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Excitement level on a scale of 1 to 10 for me is about a 15. I'm on about 8.5. All right. And Shane, where are you on the Richter scale? I'm on a big 7. Yeah. It's Absolutely. You've got to climb a little bit, innit? it? So you can't just can't start off 15. Yeah. Well, you're different to me. I start on 15. So <laughs> the morning of Geek Fest, will be like, this is amazing. <laughs> By about noon, it'll be. Welcome to uh, <laughs> Geek Fest. We're here. <laughs> we're we're here uh, with. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go get a coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a Q and A. I don't care. No questions. I said good day, sir. Um, no, it, it it's great. No Q and A for you. Oh, I'm gonna say that to somebody. Have you seen Seinfeld? Wow, that's amazing. I love you for that. So many people over here. Obviously, we go into this actually in a, in a few moments with our wonderful guest Virginia. Hey, we talk about the new generation, be it so, uh, not knowing about the old school stuff and therefore not respecting the old school stuff. For me, when I tell people about Seinfeld, because I drop Seinfeld references at work all the time, and they just float out there in the air. Nobody gets anything, and it hurts me every time. So I love that you see Seinfeld. What about you? I've watched a few when I was younger. You failed me again. Mm. So anyway, Shane, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have failed this podcast. Um, so I love Seinfeld, and you know, on a sign tangent, make sure you order me those whatever those things are that are Seinfeld. Yeah. You know. The vinyl thingies, Robbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. So we digest. We digress mm. because he mentioned Seinfeld and I got excited. I apologize. We are back this week uh, with another fantastic guest. Uh, she was gracious enough to spend an evening or an hour with us discussing, you know, uh, she just basically nerded out with us. Let's be honest. You know, we touched on the career a little bit, which we'll do in more depth, more in depth at Geek Fest as part of the Q&A's. Uh, but it was a great conversation. And, um, you know, why don't you guys, you know, give us a slight little intro like you did when I put you on the spot on the yeah. telephone with her, Shane. But, uh, yeah, it was a really good conversation. Um, I, th- I think we covered most areas, but yep. leaving enough to uh, just to whack the whistle, as they say. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about Virginia. I mean, she's uh, she's been to a lot of cons. She's she's got a lot of experience, and she just uh, and and her focus seems to be just get getting in touch with her fan base. Yeah, yeah. And she's really focused on that. So I think she'd be a great asset for Geek Fest. So I'm looking forward to her. Yeah. Definitely. I mean. 
in the podcast as well. She very much loves her fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it's great. It's great, great, yeah. great opportunity for fans to meet her. I think yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, she did literally go on to say something along the lines of "just come up and say hello." Mm. Yeah. You know, she's Very looking forward to meeting everybody. So yeah, we got a good lot. Yeah, say last week with Ross, this week with Virginia. Really uh, good feeling about uh, everyone we've got coming. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. I haven't had a single moment yet where I've been like, "This is going to be awkward at the show," because mm. everybody's great. You know, it's 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 great, and it's fantastic for them to sit down and, and take the time to do it because these guys don't have to do a podcast with us. Absolutely, not. you know what I mean. No, they don't have yeah. to take an hour out of our night to sit here so that we can talk to them on our radio, on our internet radio show. Yeah. So when they do, sat in our room, cross-legged, right? Exactly, <laughs> giving weird looks to each other because Chris is opening a bag of cookies right next to the live mic. <laughs> Oh, it was a bottle of pop and buying cookies. But, you know, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's a work in lunch. So, you know, uh, Virginia, if you were able to hear Chris preparing his lunch, then we can only apologize. <laughs> Cookie sandwich I was. But yeah, you'll be happy to know that health. he did. I did. Well, I was able to give him a dirty look and he did move. <laughs> and it wasn't really a dirty look. It was just kind of that really bro look. Yeah. Hashtag really bro. So there we are. So uh, it's, it was a great conversation. Uh, check us out soon because we will have more news. Uh, is there more news yeah, upcoming? Yeah, actually, I just uh, just had a meeting today with uh, the After Party venue. Absolutely. MP21. Loads of announcements coming up on that. Yep. It's going to be it's the old Meze line for people who work frequent Newport. Yep. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Exclusive venue. We're going to have loads going on there. So, uh, you know, we're going to have kind of like the freestyle rapping, little masquerades, loads of themed cocktails and drinks and a couple of DJs. So it'll be uh, really good. Yeah. Tell me you guys are going to have a freestyle battle, please. Oh, absolutely. I'm just... See if, me on the mic, man. I'll rip the mic. If I write the raps, yeah, then it's then what happens? Watch me. What happens to Sin City? Then wreck the mic. Watch me wreck the mic. Wait, if I write, if I write the raps, if I write the raps for each of you, will you guys have a rap battle? Yeah, if I if I write the rhymes, my goats. Mm. Well, that's why I'll write you the raps. So then you don't Chris have to get Shane. offended at what he says, and he doesn't have to get offended at yeah, yeah. what you say, because I wrote it. So you'll notice now, because... Well, you won't get offended at you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But hey, <laughs> come on, that's not going to take long anyway. We've only done... It's not the Saturday night, then on the Sunday it'll be... Have we got a Q&A host? No. Why? Yeah, at least get the other ginger Canadian guy. <laughs> I hate that ginger Canadian. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's a viable threat. Yeah, he's a threat. See, now the ideal cosplay for Geeked Fest would be a ginger Canadian <laughs> because I'll probably drop kick you. Just be like, who's, who's? I'll be like the what are they called? The meerkats. I'll just be like, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear a Canadian you accent. Turn up as a ginger beard Canadian. I will let you into Geek Fest for free. Okay. And then with that, obviously, we've got a couple with the Thundercats cosplay. You yep. get, you get, get kudos and brownie points and Absolutely. goodie bags and anything yeah. else. Can we'll have you on Get Geeked. How about that if oh, you come dressed as a Thundercat? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. You have to find a picture of Matt Lee's and you have to look pretty identical to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look similar to him, yeah, so basically, <laughs> I can't say that. I can't say what I was just going to say because this is the PG podcast. So join us next time on Legend in My Spare Time, the other show that I do with these crazy guys. Um, and we'll do it. We'll talk about it on that side of things. But yeah, so if you come dressed as a ginger Canadian, does that mean I get in free for that then? Because I am, I'm a ginger Canadian. So yeah, we're, we're, we're putting you to work, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Damn. <laughs> I'm gonna make. No, I see. I can't even say what I was just gonna say. Look, this is enough. Look, we we had the we had the 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 benefit and uh, to to have a lady on the show tonight. So why don't we just move on from us three animals sitting here growling at each other? Let's you know, let's listen to somebody entertaining and with something of value to say. Just like I said last week, because it isn't any of us. 
Let's join Virginia Hay as she joined us here on Get Geeked. Before we do that, any final thoughts from uh, you two? Okay. Harry and Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep, keep your eyes on the, on the website. We've got plenty more announcements in terms of guests, uh, activities and things. I've got a couple of things in, in which I'm really excited to announce. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah, just a minute while Chris has said, keep your eyes on the Facebook page, the website, Twitter page. Geekfest.com. Geekfest.com. Let's get it in there. Get in touch if you need anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, eh? Anything. Like, you mean any, me? Any, anything. Me? Like, I can get in touch with you if I need no, anything? No, not you. You're, you're oh. staff now. All right. Hey, they're not. There's more on that coming later. More on that coming later. All right, so here it is. Get geeked, episode Tizu, with the lovely and talented Virginia Hay. She's coming to Geek Fest August eighth and 9th live from the Newport Center. Check it out. Love it. Live it. Learn it. Eat it. Good. Get geeked. Hey, loyal listeners, just a quick drop-in here before we start the interview. I'm sure you're going to notice that we did experience some 3G issues during this interview. We would like to apologize for the technical difficulties. I've done what I could to clean it up, but you will notice that Virginia does still drop out a few times during the interview. Once again, apologies for the technical difficulties. And from all of us here at Get Geeked, we can't wait to see you at GeekFest. Well, Virginia, thank you so much for taking time not only to come to Geek Fest, but also to chat with us on the podcast this week. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you so much. Great. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Shane mentioned his one of his favorite roles is obviously Mad Max. And I was looking at that, and the character's name is literally Warrior Woman, which is just a fantastic character name, something to be very proud of, because if you're going to have a gnarly character name, that's the one. Warrior Woman in Mad Max 2. That's fantastic. It must have been a real ball for you. Um, yeah, well, it was uh, less of a real ball, I guess. It was pretty scary. Um, it's a great name, yes. Warrior Woman is um, is amazing. She she didn't really she didn't have a normal name because the circumstances were were not really normal. It was uh, post apocalyptic, and um, people were not socializing as they would normally. The family networks uh, were were broken down, so just had names that suited your function you know the dog was just called dog yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. people had uh, a very very simple names but it was uh, such an extraordinary experience who knew that one day i would be in this incredible film i, I, I just, my agent just said to me you know do you want to um take a role in uh in a film that's up and coming and shooting in Australia. And at first I said, no, I feel really terrified about acting because I'd been modeling at the time. Um, but they convinced me to audition. I think I was pretty awful in the audition, but fortunately George Miller saw something that he liked and, uh, and I got the role. It was um, really the role of a life. Absolutely, yeah. The the role of the life uh, of a lifetime. There, I think you said at the end, as uh, you just cut off with us for a second. Uh, now, was it from childhood? Did you always want to be entertaining and performing in front of people? Was that something that was always in you? You know, for as long as you can remember. Yeah, I was terrified of of the idea of acting. I, I was modeling right. um, where I was offered the role, uh, but as a both my parents were involved in science and art, and uh, I followed along that suit, and um, I went to art school and. I was eventually going to um, become uh, a storyboard artist and maybe even moving towards um, doing some co-directing or uh, uh, first unit or second unit 
directing on documentaries, things like that. So I wanted to get into the film industry, but not as an actress. Right. Um, really more behind the scenes, I thought, was uh, more interesting. But that was when I was very young. I wanted to um, move into behind the scenes world. But I seemed to take after mum and dad's good genes, and I ended up being uh, a very tall, <laughs> I suppose an attractive young lady, and uh, was approached on the street by a fashion editor, and she uh, really paved uh, a new into modeling, but it was never my intention to go in front of cameras. So it was always my intention to go behind the cameras. Now, before I forget to, to ask, because to be honest, my mother would never forgive me. She is a ginormous, ridiculously large fan of both Neighbors and Home and Away. And I see that you did have a small experience with both of those shows. Uh, is, is, were there any adventures during that? Was that sort of, because I know it's still going now. Uh, is it, is it, I imagine that that show in those countries is, is amazingly popular uh, because it is, you know, it's been going for so long, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, to work on uh, Neighbours and Home and Away and um, E Street and right. um, all pretty much every single Australian drama that was happening. It's a very small community, the acting community in Sydney in particular. It's mainly in Sydney and Melbourne, but the, later on in the um, in the eighties they moved up to Queensland as well, where they built. This, I'm talking about the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. They built some studios up in Queensland, so filming started up there. But originally it was really just in, mainly in Sydney, a little bit in Melbourne, and there's only so many productions that you can jump into as an actor on TV. There were only three television um, networks. This was before cable. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you were fortunately fortunate enough to be reasonably popular with the casting directors then um you had a, a shot at uh performing in a lot of these um these shows some people call them soap operas but they're not really soap operas they're kind of like melrose place that along that ilk i guess but yeah. it's a <laughs> uber low but but um yeah i had small stints on those uh, my role in neighbors was a little bit longer and my role in Christmas cell block H was a little longer, but uh, was fortunate enough to do a few guest roles along the way in uh, in, in lots of very high profile shows in in Aussie. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and I also see that there was an. Uh, speaking of high profile shows, there was also uh, an episode of Mission Impossible. Um, which is which is a, you know still a legendary show. Tom Cruise is still making movies about that stuff. So uh, one of my personal favorite shows as well. So I imagine at the time as a very young child or later on during reruns, I imagine I've probably seen your episode because I've probably seen them all. Uh, so what was that experience um, like for you? That was one of the only uh, acting jobs where I had a tiny little role. It was... Um, a, I'm not. I can't recall, but I don't think I had a, a speaking role. Right. It was the uh, guest role, but really teeny tiny. But I jumped at the chance because it was an American show, and I really wanted to um, get as many American productions as I could. You know, because in Australia, oh my goodness, to work on an American show, right. particularly in the '80s, was um, like gold dust. You know, it was. You really felt very, very lucky, so I jumped at that opportunity. But it was um, a really thrilling um, experience. Um, we got to shoot in Queensland. It wasn't the Mission Impossible film. 
right. series. It was the TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Right. You know, same, same story, but um, different. And cooler, in um, my opinion, because yeah. I'm always a fan of the old school shows rather than anything new school. Um, so I've always loved the, the originals of everything rather than the remakes. But they're all great. But no, the, the original shows, things like that, uh, Star Trek in that era, that, that sort of show was always my favorite as a, as a kid. Um, yeah, that's a real bugbear for me, you know, remakes. I, I, I have a real problem with that personally. It's not um, obviously a professional opinion. It's just a private opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the general public, just any kind of remake, really, what the first one that sticks into my head is, um, you know, what was it called in uh, America? Not Stargate, but, um, oh gosh, Claudia Christian was in it. Right. No, I'm not, I'm um, not sure. Um. Uh, what was that show? I can't recall. But anyway, uh, basically, when a TV show is really popular, particularly in America uh, and in Australia, um, the general public fall in love with the actors that are playing the characters. They fall in love with the storyline. They become so used to seeing those people. And I think the actors really help to uh, form a show and to establish it. It's almost like people become part of the, the family. So when they do a remake and they don't use the original actors, it's just strange to me and I can never really understand it. And in a lot of uh, cases, remakes have happened with no original cast members in at all. And um, it just doesn't work, I don't think. I- I'm not quite sure why they do it. Maybe they think that the original cast members are too old. Yeah. Um, but it's the original cast members that became really endeared or become really endeared um, by the uh, by the audience. So it's always really perplexing to me why, why they do that. Mad Max 4... Uh, I'm not referring to right. uh, because that's <clears throat> I'm just referring to TV series, not so much films. Yeah, and I, I think and I imagine the newest Mad Max. It's, it feels like more of a continuation as well, as opposed to say like yeah. a traditional remake. Um, oh yeah, no, it's it's not. It's definitely not a remake. No. It's uh, what did you think of it? By the way, have you seen it? Yeah, uh, I th- I thought it was great. I mean, it was. You go into it expecting, you know, action, loud, crash, boom, bang, and you get everything that you want out of it. Uh, I thought the effects were fantastic. And as a guitar player, I adored the gentleman with the, with the electric guitar that shot flames as he was, you know, during the, during the battles there and stuff. Uh, I thought the film was great. Um, Shane, what did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was brilliant. Like you said, it's a carry-on, so it's a slight reboot in a way of these yeah. new actors, but... Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. I thought yeah. it was really good. I'm a really big fan of Tom Hardy, so yeah. Yeah. And traditionally really as a fan for myself of many things, I traditionally find <laughs> remakes as you were just saying almost offensive. Uh, as a fan, they almost offend, you know, my me from watching them in history. But no, Mad Max was, you know, a, an enjoyable ride start to finish, uh, but also shot beautifully. Uh, you know, the the I thought there was a great um, tinge isn't the professional word is it but there was a specific aura to the color scheme of the film and I just thought everything about it was yeah. really really great and uh, you know Charlize Theron yeah, plays plays a, really a bad good. bad lady you know yeah, really uh, definitely uh, did <laughs> did you enjoy it obviously as somebody involved many years ago oh god yeah yeah I really loved it um, I had a, a good time at first uh, like everybody I wasn't quite sure what George Miller was going to do was he going to honor the second, which was the most popular over 35 years um, all over the world, or was he going to continue on from four, uh, from three, which wasn't one of the most popular, but was still awesome. So yeah. I was interested to see what he was going to do, and I thought, you know, George is a really smart guy. Of course he's going to incorporate 
um, everything that made number two, um, which is when I was in, um, popular. Um, so, and I wasn't disappointed at all when I saw number four, Fury Road. I noticed that um, he kept that same kind of reckless, crazy um, energy that um, number two had, and mm-hmm. a lot of the um, the, the action scenes, um, not only them that went, but surpassed himself. You know, he. He just—he's such a genius, George Miller. He has this knack of turning everything into um, such a magical ride for us to uh, to to really be enthralled with. It. The energy in there was insane. I, I just loved it. I thought that Tom Hardy um, did a great job as Max, and also Charlize Theron. I thought um, she was pretty awesome as well. I really loved the film. Yeah. Um, Really loved it, and it could probably continue on, you know, into to many more of them, uh, especially yeah. with, with Tom Hardy now, because uh, everything he seems to, you know, most things he seems to touch are usually gold dust, um, and he's fantastically yeah, the, talented the, as well. Yeah, so the only thing I was disappointed in was um, that the, there wasn't more from him. I really right. wanted to see more because he's such a fantastic actor, and uh, I understand why his character didn't. You know, say very much and wasn't really involved very much verbally um, and wasn't really involved very much even visually um, because of the the situation where he was just um, used as a a blood bag really yeah. that, you know and he was mute probably for so many years so it was difficult for him to the character I'm talking about difficult for the character to uh, to speak but still he's so extraordinary as an actor I would have loved to have seen him tackle a little bit more but who knows maybe number five he will perhaps he'll really um come into his own in um in five yeah definitely uh now so speaking of that uh because we usually go off on tangents on this podcast about our own personal favorites so mm. you know recently in the last few years or you know what are some of your favorite either films or tv shows that you know they're like you, even a guilty pleasure or something that you know you you thoroughly enjoy when you finally get to sit down and watch what have been some of your favorites recently well, um, I'm a little bit boring, actually, because I don't have much time to watch film or TV. I, I work pretty much around the clock um, every day, and it's been like that for certainly for many, 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 many years. But um, a long time ago, I used to uh, love watching House when I was in America. Yep. That was one of my guilty pleasures. But I didn't really have a lot of time to watch it, so I'd, I'd watch um, uh, episodes when I could. I couldn't lo- watch it live. Um, there's uh, there's very very little television that I that I have time to to watch to be honest with you, but um, I do like the you know Mission Impossible films are great. Of course, um, uh, Space Odyssey 2001 was one of my favorite films of all time. Blade Runner was mm-hmm. one of my favorites. I had a lot of time many years ago when I was younger to to watch a lot of um, film and television. Oh, when I was really little. Do you remember The Avengers? I used to love watching that. Uh, I, I don't know if you watched that in Canada. Yeah, the UK Avengers. Yeah, not the, you know, not cartoon Avengers, but we're talking of no. the, the Avengers. Avengers. Yes, yeah. of course, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. The original Avengers with uh, Emma Peel and, uh, now what was his name? Is uh, it Patrick? No, uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, I'll, 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 Patrick I'll, Moore? Patrick Moore? Is it Patrick Moore? I think it's Patrick Moore, no? Is no. it Patrick Moore? Pat- Patrick McNee, McKee, McNee. <laughs> oh no, McNee. No, you no, wasn't he in The Prisoner? Ah, uh, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, yes. that was a really great series too. Um, when I was really little, 
growing up when I had a lot of time, obviously more time uh, to watch telly, I used to love uh, The Prisoner, The Avengers, yeah. Doctor Who, of course. Uh, I remember the first Doctor uh, as well as the second Doctor. Absolutely. And um, But now, um, you know, when you're working as an actor, there's a, particularly in Australia, it's you working very quickly and there's very little time off. You Farscape, for example, I'd leave the house at about 3.30 and I wouldn't come back until about 10 at night. So then you've got to 10 at night, you're absolutely exhausted, but you've got to look at your lines for the next day and then yeah. you kind of throw yourself in bed and then you're up three hours later. It's just really honestly, there's no time. You know, when, when you do on the weekends, you're studying lines and yeah. so forth. There's not a lot of time. And the only time really to, to watch a bit of telly or uh, movies is um, during hiatus. Um, but then you're, you know, you're too busy catching up on life, I guess, to to watch. But since I've been in England the last couple of years, um, I'm enjoying the. Uh, I mean, it's freezing cold in winter. I think it's freezing cold anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it is in some places in the in the US that yeah. are really seriously cold, or you know, in the heart of northern uh, Europe. But it's cold enough for me, having been used to Australia and also um, LA. But in the winter, there's nothing nicer than to just to snuggle up and and, uh, and watch a movie. So uh, sometimes, um, very late at night, you know, I might watch something that's um, just screening on TV, so you know, an old film. But I, I actually haven't been able to go to the movies for, for the longest time. I did um, make time to go and see Fury Road. Yes, so that was very important to me. Yeah. I loved it. So, and what's the next one on your list then? Obviously, you get very limited time, very selective. Is there a film on the horizon that you're thinking, yep, I'm going to make time for that one as well? Is there anything catching you at the moment? Uh, you mean to, well, it's not so much being selective. It's just really honestly working all the time because yeah. um, when uh, I do Comic-Cons, I love my work at Comic-Cons and I'm really looking forward to August the 8th and 9th coming up to Geek Fest. Absolutely. By the way... Yes. You guys, Shane, at Geek Fest, you've got the most fantastic guest. I mean, I'm not <laughs> not talking about myself, of course, but the other guests, you've got writers who have written some of the most iconic TV shows and films of all time. I, I, I could not believe my eyes when I was looking at your, your guest list. You've got such a variety of people. You've got so, someone for everyone, I think, really. Yeah, that's what we try to do. Is I'm a massive comic book fan, and uh, I'm a massive. Uh, I go to a lot of comic cons, so trying to get uh, a mix so we we reach all audiences was what 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 my aim was. So it's not just the fact that we've got the guests as well, because we've got a lot of. Uh, you go to a lot of comic cons. We've got a lot of uh, exhibits there where the kids can come in for free. So um, we got Mater from the Cars. Cars movies, yeah. The Cars movies, the Disney's Car movies. Like, the kids can come up and have a picture taken with him. It's completely free. We got Anna and Elsa with Olaf and uh, Christoph walking around. So we try to mix it up. So, yeah, we've got I, yeah. You know, James Cars. We've got people like yourself. We've just named um, Sabaric the Bowles from Games of Thrones. Absolutely. So, yeah, we've, we've mixed it up as much as we can to try and get everyone involved, basically, yeah. Yeah, and you've got Simon Fisher-Becker from yeah. Doctor Who. You've got, yeah, you've got, you, you re, it's a really clever mix. I was really impressed when I when I looked at the lineup because it's, there's, there really is something for everyone. And you've got something that, <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit of a geek out myself. Um, uh, you've got Stark Clinic. Is it called a Stark Clinic? Uh, the, with... The Iron Man experience is 
the the, the stark um, the stark experience yeah. and that's from Iron Man yes, yes um, that's right, yeah and I I think there's some replica costumes and uh, I'm fascinated I, I have watched Iron Man um, on uh, on telly um, a few nights when it was uh, just replaying I didn't watch it when it first came out but I just watched replays and you know uh, I'm a big fan of um, of Robert Downey Jr. I did a film actually many many years ago. Or, well, it was more like a three-part TV film right. with George C. Scott, and it was called Mussolini. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. was in it when he was uh, lesser known. He wasn't a huge A-list star then, so I met him. But uh, you know, years later, I thought, oh my God, I wish I had an opportunity to to reconnect with him now. You know, and talk yeah. to him. He's just one of the the most incredible actors on this this planet. Yeah. You know, and I think he did such a brilliant job with, oh, yeah. uh, with Iron Man. He certainly yeah, did. And yeah. as a lifelong comic book fan, uh, he he is that character that I used to read in the comic pages. He literally brought it to life. So he is a fantastic yeah. actor because I know who he is, but when you watch that film, to me, it's Tony Stark. It's not Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And that's hard for a star of his magnitude and his level to be able to come out of that not be himself and actually embrace a character. Uh, so he's unbelievably talented. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a brilliant actor, and he he throws himself into it. He wouldn't do it unless he could honor the character completely, and you know, honor the original. He he probably would. I don't know. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and watch him look at the original scripts. He'd probably say, "Nope, I'm not doing this because it doesn't honor the original." You know, and he probably um, has a real input into it, um, or maybe not. I don't know, but I like to think that that he does. He's really extraordinary. So anyway, so that'll be fun to see the uh, the Stark. Um, experience, which would be really good. And do you know what? You guys as well, are, this, one of the things I really love about your show is that you really support the local businesses and, and, and also the local charities. And a lot of shows are supporting big business from other places and from the States and from other countries and um, and also charities that are not local, but you guys really support the local. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely very, very heartwarming to know that there is that that impact, uh, and and one of the charities that we're heavily working with is um, the, is. St. David's Foundation. St. David's Foundation. And even on, on a personal level, uh, they cared for my, my grandfather in his later years as he, you know, that they he was essentially passing and they, the nurses and the team there were fantastic. So for me to be Aww. helping out with a convention that's then going to turn around and help out that foundation, you know, it, it feels great for everyone involved. So yeah. as somebody who's oh, more great. of a, an outsider joining the con, it's nice for me to see that these guys had that preset and they wanted to do that for local businesses and local charities. Yeah. And one of the better... Uh, uh, one of the other charities we got is uh, Follow Your Dreams, which is a children's charity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a chance to read up about it, um, but basically we're going to have, uh, for the first couple of hours of the, the show, it's only open to VIPs and the children, and we've done that specifically. We don't sell early birds. So we're going to have, I think uh, at the moment, it's around about 100 children per day um, coming in with their parents and their carers and everything, and they're going to have run oh, of the Comic-Con, you. so they'll be able to go into the Iron Man experience and go on the Game of Thrones share and things like that. So it's going to be quite massive. Um, oh, I so, love that idea. Yeah, that's, so they're coming that's in. Awesome. Yeah, so they're coming in, and it's, like I said, it's just them and and people that bought VIP tickets. So the first couple of hours, it'll be you know it won't be as busy, but it's going to be you know busy enough that the, the kids will get a chance to go around and have a yeah. look and things like that. So, that's great. Yeah. So sad, and I, I've noticed it because I do a lot of shows. I really love what I do, and I, I travel around all over the world, and I do comic cons um, in the summer almost every week, and. 
I, t- I love meeting people. I love entertaining them. I love talking to them at my table. And, and they they bring me so much joy that you you never know what the next person's going to say, you know. So uh, I have a lot of fun at my table. Sometimes it gets very serious as well. You know, people come and they discuss all kinds of personal things. And it's sort of like chat radio <laughs> at yeah. my table. But one of the things that um, I have noticed at every single show that I've been to, last, I don't know, 15 years or something, is that the, the kids kind of get stomped on a little bit, you know, not not literally, but they're, they're being dragged around the show by mum and dad or by carers and, and there's, there's too much stimulation, there's too many adults milling around, there's too many people, it's too too busy, it's hard for them to see what they want to see and it's too noisy. So... Um, this is incredible. I'm talking about for, you know, for the little kids that maybe are a little bit um, sensitive, that have um, a disability, you know, maybe they're not able-bodied, you know. I mean, for those kids I'm, I'm really referring to. So for you guys to have them have, you know, a certain period of time for them in the morning before it gets crazy for, you know, Disneyland for the geeks later on. <laughs> um, I think that's that's really that's really lovely of you to do to do that, to open it up for, for all those kids. I think it's amazing. Good for you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously, you mentioned Disneyland for geeks, which is exactly what cons are. Have you ever been <laughs> yes. to Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia? One of my favorite shows in the world. Oh, see now the best, the legit. Now the my wife is probably going to hate me for this, but the greatest time of my life was the three days that I spent at Dragon Con with twelve of my friends from all over the world, and we spent three days at that con, and I, I've I've never had a better time in my life. Yeah, it's it's. I've, I lived in America probably as you know for a long time, and mm. um, I was doing. Um, I, it, it actually wasn't my plan. I, I just went over there for a couple of years, but I got. Uh, pulled into the convention circuit. Back in those days, they called it convention circuit. These days, uh, it's called Comic Cons. I think mm-hmm. after mainly after San Diego Comic Con, really, yeah. uh, that made uh, Comic Con famous or conventions uh, world famous. But um, the biggest show, apart from the San Diego Comic Con, the biggest show in the world uh, many years ago was Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, and I remember, um, you know, I got onto the circuit and was doing a lot of shows. And then I discovered Dragon Con and went there and just had my socks blown off. It's the most, it's the most fun and the craziest show. Oh my yeah. God! Unbelievable. I just I, I don't even know how to describe it to people who who have never been. But it's the best. If you've never been to um, a Comic Con ever before, and you live in and you live in the UK, please on um, August 8th and 9th the Geek Fest and it'll give you a really great idea of of, of what a really good show is like. Absolutely. And you'll get a cross-section of, of um, all sorts of stuff. Uh, um, you'll get um, popular culture and, um, and film, comics, actors, stars, Q&As, all sorts of really cool things. Dragon Con... It's like that, but it's on steroids. Yes. And it is. Uh, but it's more... People tend to dress up more in, in the States. They're, they're more into costuming. So Dragon Con is a place, as you know, uh, Matt, mm-hmm. where um, every second person is in cosplay, a cosplay outfit. 
And Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. How would you describe it? It's, no. I'm lost for words. It, it's funny because I, I've had friends and, and family ask me to tell them what DragonCon was like, and I've used your exact expression, which is, Words, I can't explain it to you unless you go there and see it because it was mind blowing. Uh, and on you know on the on the on the vein of mind blowing, uh, one of the nights we're on the floor because you can just go to the one of the main floors and just literally watch people walk around in amazing cosplay. Uh, and yeah. I, I turn one of the yeah, corners on. Sorry, go ahead. Go. I, I turn one of the corners on the floor. Uh, we're just walking around with our drinks and coming towards me, Anthony Michael Hall, who throws up a high five and says, I am having an awesome time. <laughs> and I look at my friends going, that was, guys, that was, that was an, that was Anthony Michael Hall. Guys, that, that was, did you guys, and they didn't notice. Of course they weren't looking, but I will never forget the moment as he walked through the floor with a lady on each arm, you know, absolute oh, yeah. truth there, a lady on each arm, drink in his hand, reached up, high-fived me and said he's having an awesome time. He used yeah, a different vernacular and, and to that, th but that was essentially what he said to me. Yeah, that's and that's the thing about Dragon Con. Everybody gets out there and has an amazing time. At some of the, um, the shows, particularly in America, the actors can't really uh, mingle because they'd be hounded, I guess, yeah. by some of the more um, enthusiastic fans, let's say. Definitely, Use yeah. that word, enthusiastic. Yes. And they wouldn't be able to enjoy themselves at all. They'd be constantly being interviewed and asked questions, and, you know, it wouldn't be fun time for them necessarily in their downtime. And we all love talking about our careers and having fun and entertaining um, uh, fan friends. But there are some times when you just want to keep back and relax. Of course, And yes. just join in and party with everyone else and just, you know, be a normal person. And you can do that. I mean, everyone, all of the actors get out there and do that. And, and everyone milling around sees all the actors doing it. And they just, you know, they, they treat you as though you're just a normal person, which, of course... You are, but yeah, there's a lot of cosplay. There's a lot of uh, um, near nakedness, but I don't want to make that sound as though it's inappropriate or immoral. There's just a lot of people that you know that really embrace their bodies, but it could be a body of someone who's very um, you know not not slim, or there are people of all shapes, all sizes, um, all kinds. That's one of the things why I love these comic cons because it's yeah. the biggest club in the world that's not snooty. You know, no. anyone is invited, anybody. You don't have to be beautiful. You don't have to be thin. You don't have to be wealthy. You can be all sets and sizes, all walks of life. You can have any kind of disability, and you're beautiful and welcome. And that's the way it is at every convention in the world, I think. Which is which is great, which is, you know, one of my favorite things about the conventions was it was my first major massive convention experience. And as you said, it's immediately welcoming uh, in the sense that Nobody cares what your thing is, what your nerd thing is. Everybody's yeah. there for the same reason because we all embrace these things uh, so that we want to get together and celebrate them. And uh, it's, I had an unbelievable time. During your time at those yeah. cons, did you ever get to Trader Vicks? Oh, uh, oh yeah, 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 Trader Vicks. And it's also, um, there's a steak. Was that? No, I can't remember the name of it, but um, as you come out of the main doors and one of, well, I think it was the Marriott, you turn left and walk up the road a little and there's this incredible steakhouse that everybody went to. Even if you're a vegetarian, you would go there and you'd sit and have a salad. It was just a hangout place for all the actors. And it was just, it was like a green room. <laughs> you know? it yeah, definitely. It was just the most extraordinary sight to see all these famous people. Because Dragon Con, you wouldn't just have 
you know, 20 actors, you would have 200, and mm-hmm. 200 actors from major TV um, shows and the classics, as well as ones that TV shows that were huge at the time. Yes. Um, and, you know, Torchwood, you name it. Um, there's actors from um, pretty much every uh, genre who are main, uh, main cast actors all main cast and um, all well-known. So it was jaw-dropping because you could be next to someone that you've admired your whole life and you can't. You have to pretend that you're pretty cool, you know, yes. and that you're used to seeing people like that all the time. But really, in actual fact, inside you're screaming and you're going, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe I'm sitting next to this person, you know, that I've admired for all, all my life. One time uh, I was sitting next to um, Mickey... Uh, Oh, I've met so many actors in in America. It's just crazy. But um, one of the highlights was, um, oh, God, what's his name? He used to, uh, in the old black and white movies, he used to, um, Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Rooney. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and he was at a couple of conventions that I was at, and I I had to just go, oh, hi, good morning, how are you? And inside I wanted to scream, you know, and, and say, oh, God, I've admired your work for so many years, and it's such an honor to sit next to you. But you know that you can't do that. It's going to make them feel uncomfortable. You just have to treat them as though they're just your next-door neighbor and, you know, yeah, that's you, it, and you're used to seeing it. You but, just got to uh, play it so cool, as you said, play it yeah. cool. What's you, as you said, you have to play it cool in those situations, you know. Oh, you do, just like you did, you know, high five, and that's it. You play it cool, but you know, inside absolutely. you, you do the little girl scream. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and often at cons, you may at 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 Geek Fest, in fact, you may hear me do girly screams. I, I can't promise <laughs> you that you won't. Um, but you know, you, you you mentioned they're bumping into you know different people and things uh, at the same Dragon Con. We shared a, a lift with John Barrowman. Uh, and yeah. of course, we're all trying to play it cool, and we're like, "That's that's John Barrowman." Uh, and at DragonCon, <laughs> they give you those tags uh, that have where you're from on it. So mine said Cardiff, UK. Uh, and he heard me chatting with my friends, and he turned to me and said, "You don't sound like you're from Cardiff." To which mm. I think you'll be proud. I came back with a cracker, which was, "Neither do you, good sir," because yeah, I know exactly. he lives in Cardiff. Yeah, look who's talking. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we briefly chatted, Where's and. Your- accent <laughs> exactly yeah uh, and and as we left the lift he went left we went right but he said something which was great for us which was see you around guys so now people are looking at us going they must know john berriman and we're like well yeah he, he did you say see you around didn't he something years ago that um that i use constantly um at these shows and that is whenever you meet someone in life who um and in, in my business I meet a lot of actors, a lot of famous people because it's just one of those things that models get invited to certain events where you might be rubbing shoulders with um, celebrities. So I, I learned pretty early on not to do the, the what you would expect to do if you met someone like Robert Downey Jr., which is, oh, I've always admired your movies, I think you're amazing, and, and uh, you know, what are you doing next, and what was it like when you did this and that and the other, you know, the usual sorts of questions. I'd, I learned pretty early on that um, when you meet someone who's uber famous, they've been asked those questions a thousand times a day, uh, particularly at, at conventions, and their job as uh, their job is to make the answers as 
fresh as though they've never heard that question before and they love their job and they love answering the questions but if you meet them outside of the, the work, you know, outside of a Q&A, talk about something that's absolutely unrelated to what they do. And yeah. they will love it and appreciate it and feel so comfortable. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they'll endear themselves to you. I think that's that's the secret. So if you meet, um, you know, if you're at a function and you meet uh, there's somebody, even if it's, a, you know, someone who... Uh, if it's a writer, don't talk about writing. You know, talk about something else completely unrelated. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think I only have a few people uh, that I absolutely could not play it cool with and would have to immediately avoid at all costs. Uh, and one of them, because <laughs> you mentioned uh, you mentioned Blade Runner earlier, Harrison Ford. Mm. I I don't think I could handle meeting him. I think I would just have to leave the room. Uh, well, I do. You know what? I actually that happened to me once. Not Harrison Ford, but it was. I mean, don't laugh, but it was Sting. Right. right. Yeah. Because I, I'm a music lover. I, I really, really love music, and and I admire his music so much. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, being a girl, you know, I also thought that he was pretty cute, and I used to draw at him, um, at you know, photos of him. For many years with all my girlfriends and say, oh my God, if, if ever there was, you know, if you could just choose the person visually that uh, would suit you and you, you you fantasize that that would be the sort of guy that I would um, love to end up with. Of course, you know, you in the, ultimately it's got nothing to do with looks, but when you're younger, you you know, you just, it's just a little bit of fun. I met him one, one time <laughs> and I was at this party, I was a model, it was before I was acting. And, oh, no, that's right, I just started acting. And uh, I was invited to this function, and, and there he was, and the uh, the guy who put the party on, it was a, a Sydney lawyer, came up to me and said, there's someone I'd like you to meet. I went, oh, okay, yeah, sure. This is, uh, this is Sting. Introduces me. And I couldn't say anything. <laughs> I just said, uh, I just had to go to the ladies' room. And I came <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe I did that. I didn't know what to say. I was absolutely dumbfounded. And uh, when you meet me, you'll you'll see that I've, I'm never at a loss for words. You know, I'm always talking. And I just had to turn around and leave. I I could not be in the same room. I had to, I had to. I was so overwhelmed that I had to walk out. You know, no, definitely. So. I, I think you know. From my opinion, I, I think you handled the situation beautifully. Uh, I think. Except that I said I wanted to go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, but you know, with with you know, uh, a gentleman would never ever follow up on that. So a gentleman would, of course, excuse a lady. I think if it was me and Harrison Ford, I probably just would have said nothing and just stared at him until it became <laughs> uncomfortable and he asked security to remove me. So <laughs> yeah. I think you handle it in a fantastic way, to be honest. Oh, well, you know, he probably just, he probably thought I was completely mad. What is she doing? She's just like, I'm sorry, I have to go to the ladies. And I'm like, you know, it's, but, you know, just, I don't, now uh, that I'm older and more mature and much more comfortable in my own skin and much more comfortable with the world and, you know, people around me, I'd probably um, do it differently, but. But back then, <laughs> so sometimes when people get shy with me, you know, if they're a huge Farscape fan and they absolutely love my character, they sometimes do get a little bit dumbfounded and they can't speak because they just see me as, as the character. And so 
I can relate to how they're feeling, and I, I always just go out of my way to make them feel comfortable and yeah. just say, oh, you know. Which I'm is just a which is really girl. good. Of you. Let's have a chat. Yeah, you know, I change the subject. I just make them feel relaxed. And, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned obviously you know a love for music, uh, and as as yeah. a, as a musician myself, I've always always greatly loved music. It's been a, a passion always. Mm-hmm. Um, some of obviously my favorites were originally when my grandfather told me that proper gentlemen sang like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. So that was where I started listening to music. And then my dad said, no, 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 proper men play rock and roll music like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. So I always had a very rich uh, taste in music growing up. Uh, You mentioned Sting, of course, as one of your favorites. Um, How did you feel later when that was remixed, when they remixed one of their classics into a rap song by Puff Daddy? Um, Well, I think that Puff Daddy, I don't know, is exactly remixed. I think they stole. Well, yeah, they. Yes. They. I suppose you. Yeah, you would say remixed. They. They stole some of the riffs, didn't they? And yes. They, they used it, or they certainly stole the guitar line. Yeah. Put it all the way through. They. Um. I was really shocked. Uh, they also did that with Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise, and they called it Gangsters Paradise by Coolio. Oh right. And yeah. Gangster's Paradise by Coolio is an exact rip-off of Past on Paradise by um, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And I think in both cases, it just made me giggle because I thought that um, a lot of the kids from, uh, from this generation would be thinking, wow, what a cool song, isn't that great? But people from the generation before, like myself, would be going, yeah, well, the original was <laughs> was even better. And it's just uh, basically a rip-off or it's a, a rehash of, yeah. you know, of the original and something new. But there are all kinds of hybrids, you know. And these days, all music, there's nothing new anymore or very little that's new. Yeah. It's all um, a hybrid of something that, that um, went on before. Yeah, I'm very so, glad you um, used the word rip-off. Uh, because huh? I, I'm glad you used the term rip off uh, regarding that, you know, those songs, because I used to work in radio broadcasting uh, and we were mm. playing, obviously, the the police original song, not the Puff Daddy mm. version. Uh, we had a few mm. interns in the studio with us. Um, very typical, as you would expect teenage girls to be. And one of them looked at the other as the, st- uh, the police song is playing and said, oh, my God, these guys totally ripped off Puff Daddy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, again, this was a situation where I just had to leave the room because I thought nothing good yeah. is going to come of this. I'm going to leave the room. Yeah, I think that, you know, you, you want to kind of slap yourself in the face when that happens. You know what I mean? You take yeah. your hand and it ends up, you know, banging. You you want to bang your head on a, on a, on a wall. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. But um, but that that happens, you know, with the younger generation. There's some people that have never heard of half this, you know, fantastic music that, that we all love. But, but really... In a way, I see there's no excuse. You don't have to be, you know, I, I talk to a lot of young people and they say, oh, I wasn't alive when, you know, I don't know, I don't know who Ricky Lee Jones is. I, I wasn't alive then. I want to say, but, it, but you don't have to be, you know, it's just good music. You should Absolutely. just check it out because, it might, you know, you might, um, you might find that, that that music resonates with you. You know, you might learn something if you if you you're a lover of music. You might learn something that you didn't know before. You know, by yeah. listening to some of the older stuff. Absolutely, it breaks my heart every time somebody, specifically here in this area of South Wales, says to me, "Who's Stevie Ray Vaughan?" 
Who's Stevie Ray Vaughan? Are you kidding? And I have to think to myself, don't hit them, don't hit them, don't hit them, don't hit them, don't hit them. Don't hit them with your guitar. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's it's fun in a sense that, you know, I can play Pride and Joy and be like, oh, you've never heard that song. No, yeah, I wrote that song. But, you know, it's it's a nightmare. Every time they're like, who's Stevie Ray Vaughan anyway? And it's it's a horrendous experience every time. It breaks my heart. I suppose it's like that for authors too, you know. They, because they, I love music. You love music, Shane. You know, loves music. A lot of people listening now will will really, you know, adore all kinds of music, embrace all kinds of music as well. And it would be the same as, um, you know. And we get, we all get frustrated when people don't know our, they don't know the classics in music. It must be the same for authors, you know. Yeah. They must be very frustrated when we don't know the classics in. Um, you know the great the great classic novels and books so um some of your other favorite music then that you you know that you enjoy listening to stuff that you know is always on your iPod or music playlist well, etc I think my musical taste is so diverse you know I love everything from you know opera to 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 some sort of smooth jazz to pop to rock and everything in between but there's there is something it's there's a compilation, it's a company that makes compilations, and it was, don't laugh, but it was Gerard Butler, I'm right. dropping names all over the place here, <laughs> it was Gerard Butler that, uh, I was going to say turned me on to this music, that sounds a little bit rude, doesn't it, <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it's Café Del Mar, and they, it's the only compilation that I know of anyway. I'm sure there's there's more now, but it's kind of it's what it's my favorite mm-hmm. that encompasses everything because it's the, because they don't actually make their own music; they just select little gems from every genre, little gems from opera, little gems from um, you know classical music or orchestrations, little gems from jazz, little gems from smooth s- smooth jazz, from R and B, from rap, from rock, from punk, from you know, chill out music. I mean, everything you can imagine, they've got it, and it's it, it's slightly adapted, so it's a little bit chilly. It's got it's got a really rhythmic vibe to it. But they'll take something and um, just mess with it a little bit, and and put a little bit of a chilled out, smooth uh, sound to it. Yeah. And Cafe Del Mar, they've been going for years, for probably about 15, 20 years, and uh, they have, I don't know, God knows how many volumes they have, but that's what I, if I just want to listen to something that chills me out, then I'll put one of their volumes on, because really, pretty, I love pretty much everything that they do. Definitely. That's, you that's, know. you know. But there's a lot of other, I don't even know where to start with um, other music that I love, because it's much of it absolutely yeah because you know I, I don't even know how to answer that there's, I like um, do you know what uh, like level 42 mm-hmm. for example and which I was a fan I think they're are they Scottish 42 um, I no, think they are yeah 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 we think they are yeah yeah and also um, who did just trying to think of um I'll think of it in a minute. There's there's so many there's so many bands. I've twenty five minutes just milling around in my head, but there, there's so much yeah. different music that I that I really love. So it's it's hard, isn't it, to say just one? But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I it's love near rock impossible. Like I used to. 
Mm-hmm. It's nearly impossible to answer the question, really, isn't it? So Yeah. If, if I was to choose a, one of the old classic rocks, I'd say Toto. I used to really love Toto. There's Eagles, you know, from... But there's a lot of bands. I was lucky enough to grow up in the 70s. Yeah. And uh, the 80s, and so I got really spoiled in the 70s listening to pretty much the best music that ever existed. Definitely, I, I certainly agree. Uh, you know, when we used to play in the band and such, we always used to have conversations about, man, I just wish we would have grown up in the 70s. <laughs> because our band would have been all about it in the 70s, you know, because we felt that way. And those were our favorite bands, too, was all the old school stuff. So I've always thought that I, I was intended to grow up in the 70s and be a teenager or, you know, a young adult in the 70s. Yeah, well, you can still go back and listen to to all of that music, you know. And, and I love music from today as well. There's so many bands that I just—I mean, music is my—that's my favorite thing, you know, yeah. of all. I love—I love music more than pretty much anything else. Absolutely. And art, music, and art. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, um, as you know, as our hour starts to slow, slowly wind down here, uh, they they always really go. They always tend to go really fast. Um, yeah. It's maybe just a, a few ideas of you know what you're excited about for Geeked Fest and you know what what the fans can expect uh, you know when they meet you as you were saying there uh, and and again anything you're really looking forward to for Geeked Fest. Oh, there's so many things I'm looking forward to with Geek Fest. I want I'm so looking forward to everybody that that is uh, coming along. I want to say hello to them all, and uh, I wanted to say thank you also to Sin City comics and just tell them that they rock because i know that they're one of the sponsors of geek fest aren't yeah they? and they're one of the sponsors of this very podcast as well so uh the, oh, are they? absolutely they, oh, they, cool. abso- well, as a podcaster they've helped Sin me City as well comics you rock absolutely so um, i'm looking forward to to seeing all the fans what people can expect i guess for me is lots of chattering and lots of giggles and uh, and i love people to come to my table i don't care if they buy something or they don't buy something just to talk and uh, my table's always a little bit like chat radio. Oh, we talk about everything, every subject imaginable. Yeah. And uh, and it's a lot of fun. And a lot of people, I've been fortunate enough to, to have worked in tons and tons of very well-known uh, productions. So much everybody would have seen something that I was in over yeah. the millions of years. So there's lots and lots to talk about. And, some, and often, as I said before, we don't even talk about... Uh, anything to do with film, television, we, we, we talk about life and, and, you know, they talk about their uh, relationships and their jobs and their just old, or just nonsense. Sometimes we just talk about rubbish and, and uh, have lots of giggles. So I'm particularly looking forward to my um, little area, my, my signing table. I'm looking forward to seeing the other guests and seeing you guys there. It's going to be really awesome yeah absolutely we are, we are beyond excited ourselves you know we, we just can't wait so many so many great events and everything going on um it's going to be and an of course um, it's in wales beautiful uh, wales absolutely you know the in, official title is god's country so you know just put, you know that's you know so i know do you know i nearly um when i came to the this i know we've got to wind up in a minute but when i came over to the uk this 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 time two years ago um, I nearly lived in, in Wales. It was one of the places I was looking at to settle in. And the only reason that I decided to, to be closer to London was because I thought I'd, I should be somewhere a little bit more central, you know, for me. Um, of course. I, I travel, travel an awful lot. And, um, and I have to really be uh, close to London, really, because that's where a lot of the are. And, 
a lot of friends live in London also, but I nearly to Wales. I just love it. It's so beautiful. It is God's country. Definitely. But you'll be here August 8th and 9th for Geek Fest. So, you know, we yes, all look forward to, to meeting you there. We can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be uh, so good. Absolutely. And there will be a QA and a involved throughout the weekend as well. Uh, and, oh, good. And uh, I'm going to be the host with you for that. So, uh, you know, I'll be oh, able yay. to parlay the, the questions to you from, oh, from the guys the way, in the crowd. Yep. I have been known to, I've been known to spank people at my Q&As. Well, that's, you know what? We've got no problem with that in any way. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> worst case, we can bring Shane over from, you know, from Geek Fest. And, you know, he's the man in charge. So, he can facilitate if need be. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's great. I, I I genuinely can't wait to meet you. I'm very excited for Geeked Fest. Everybody, check it, check it out, uh, geekedfest.com, and uh, we can't wait to meet you. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your your evening. I know you mentioned you don't have a lot of time, so it really means a lot that you sat down with us for Get Geeked here. It's been great talking with you, uh, and again, can't wait to meet you at Geeked Fest. Uh, any closing thoughts before we close out here? I just want to say thank you very much, Matt, to you and to Shane and to Geeked Fest and also Sin City Comics and all the sponsors and everyone listening and um, you've all been awesome thank you very much for having me as a guest and uh, I'll see you soon okay take care thank you so much bye now thank you bye 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 get geeked brought to you by Geek Fest and Sin City Comics